listening to More Than a Season podcast with Ashley and Brittany. Join us as we walk through what life is like supporting someone within the sports industry. Real, authentic, behind-the-scenes look at what the support system experiences but no one discusses. Grab a drink, sit back and listen because we are about to get real. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Stop listening. Press pause. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the ratings and reviews. Select five stars and give us a review. And if you're on Spotify, click our podcast page and click follow and download to listen to all of our episodes. Thanks so much. Enjoy this episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. We're excited for this interview. Yeah, so we have been begging these guys to hop on here for a while now, and we finally were able to nail down a time to have our significant others hop on here, and we're just going to ask them a bunch of questions. Some of them were submitted by y'all, and others we're just going to ask them and throw it out there to keep it on their toes. Glad to be here. So, okay, Carson, we're going to start with you, and then Drew will follow. How did you get started in this industry? Out of high school, I was a... uh not very recruited player. I didn't think I was going to play in college by any means. I was just a fat short lineman and that really doesn't really go very far uh, for what I was trying to do. So uh, my uh, head coach at the time put me in contact with the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State and, you know, basically told him that uh, I wanted to be a volunteer and just help out around the program. Thought I wanted to coach at that point. Didn't really know for sure. I got started as a uh, undergraduate volunteer assistant at Oklahoma State my freshman year, and uh, haven't looked back since. And then I've been doing it since. So yeah, and a... then I popped along in the journey as yeah. well. But I am curious, Drew. I don't really know your story as well. I want you to kind of elaborate because you are a coach's kid. So I'm going to let Brittany and you just dive into your story as well. Yeah, Brittany's heard this story probably a bunch of times, but it's it's not it's not like a typical former players story and how he got into coaching you know like you said my dad was a coach so I think I in the back of my mind I always grew up kind of knowing that I wanted to coach after I got done playing whenever that ended up being and that was kind of right at the end of my college career and growing up I always thought I was either going to coach or I was going to be on sports center I was going to be an anchor on sports center so I always wanted to do that but then yeah as I got done playing in college you know, coaching was the route I wanted to go. So kind of like Carson was saying, I got in touch with a bunch of people in the coaching profession, guys that I had met throughout my playing career, or, you know, my dad helped me a little bit, guys that my dad knew that might be able to help me out every now and then went to my first coaches convention in Nashville, which was pretty cool. And then got my first job and it's kind of been up from there, you know? So you said that you either wanted to be on ESPN or be a coach. So When was that moment for you when you were like, yes, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know if there was ever, at least at the beginning before I actually got my first job, I don't know if there was ever a moment where I was like, man, this is exactly what I need to be doing or what I'm supposed to be doing. But it was somewhere in that first year I had my first job. It was my first coaching job at Texas A&M Commerce, a small D2 school in Texas. Colby Carthel, our head coach at the time, gave me like, probably just like a thousand bucks. And he was just like, here, go coach the receivers and help out with the quarterbacks and stuff like that. And, and then just like being around the team as a coach for that first year and and seeing, you know, some of the success we had, he was a first year head coach at that time. And like seeing the development of the players as like students and athletes and, you know, having, like I said, some success that was, that was the moment where I was like, man, this is awesome. I, I see why people do this and have this career. So yeah, it's been full hundred percent on ever since then. 
And Carson, did you have like a specific moment or was there like just same type of thing, like just the overall experience? It was kind of the same experience. I'm, I think it's because I'm such a routine person that I went, you know, I went four seasons at Oklahoma State of doing the same thing over and over again of, of helping out with football and helping coaching and recruiting and everything else that I was doing with the program that I just got so, I got so used to it to where whenever I graduated in that December, I kind of thought, well, I don't, I don't think there's really anything else I could see myself doing other than coaching. And just like kind of Drew said, you know, watching some of those players that I got to spend two, three, four years with, just watching them grow and succeed and excel and all things outside of football and obviously within football. And, you know, being a part of that was really, really cool. And being able to pour into somebody else's life, just like people poured into my life through football is kind of something that I've that I've always enjoyed. Yeah, and I do want to point out to a lot of people that are new to the industry or that are not in the football world that are listeners, everyone has different paths of how they get into coaching. But what is interesting about Carson's that I don't think he mentioned is that he had to sacrifice whether he was going to do the normal college lifestyle or he was going to do like an undergrad assistant, make no money and do all of his free time going from class and then back to the office. So it's very different. I know that most people, they usually graduate college and then they start into their coaching. But during that four years, before we started like dating, we met in the last year. Was there someone that inspired you within this coaching world when you started out at OSU to just keep going with this coaching lifestyle? You know, I wouldn't really say it was someone specifically at Oklahoma State. You know, during my time there, I was able to work with and learn from a lot of really, really good coaches, but even better people. But I had two high school coaches that really inspired me that have left a significant impact on my life that I still talk to who have really inspired me to be a coach just because of the impact they had on my life. You know, like I said, they poured into me and they helped me succeed and, and do a lot of things within football and outside of football. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be a coach today. I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for those two men. Yeah, I've actually met these men and they're pretty great. They're awesome and inspiring. And Drew, I want to know what was that inspiration? Was there a person for you or anybody that you looked up to within this coaching industry to keep going? Probably my dad. You know, he's he's been the biggest inspiration for me. You know, I, I grew up as a, a coach's kid and I was always on the sidelines at games and was a ball boy when I was really young. And then, you know, watching him coach and do his thing, that was always really cool and and holds a, a special place in my heart. You know, some of those memories are some of the best memories we have as a family. And that kind of propelled me in, into my career and kind of what I aspired to be like. And when I eventually decided this was what I wanted to do. But, you know, other than that, I was fortunate to be around some really good coaches at the University of Houston that, you know, have gone on to do some really good things in the in the coaching industry and have had some really good jobs and some good teams. So I was able to pick up some coaching traits from them and Hopefully I get to put those to use in the future and have a career half as good as, you know, all those people I mentioned. So you, you guys experienced, you're a coach's kid, so you guys experienced moving and you experienced like the whole family life of having to like pick up and start over. So you kind of knew before we even started dating what it would take to have a relationship in this kind of industry. So what was something that you learned that you didn't know? about about having a relationship and being a coach? I don't know. I, I was, like you said, I was fortunate because my mom had been through that so many times. You know, we'd moved, I don't know, three, four, five times since I was, you know, very little. So I learned a lot from her. But specifically when you and I got together, you know, we had that conversation right off the bat, I think. 
pretty early on. Yeah. What, what I think you? it was like that next week after yeah. I had met you. Yeah. So, so we were moving away. pretty fast. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, you know, I, I think I told you I was, this is what the life is, you know, and I think I ended up being pretty cocky about it. I was like, you know, this is what we're going to do and we're going to move everywhere. And I wasn't really very considerate of your feelings at the time, probably. So the main thing I've learned is there's a lot of give and take with the, this relationship. And, you know, I got to obviously run things by you all the time just to see how you're feeling about it and what the best course of action for both of us in every decision that we make. So, yeah, that was a pretty eye opening in terms of the last couple moves you and I have had to make. Yeah. <laughs> you are earning a tremendous amount of brownie points right now. So I just want to. I know that was. The, he, he intentionally well was like, I know. Yeah. whatever doghouse you could have been in, you are a hundred percent out of it. I just now. tore that down. He's learned. He's learned. Yeah. <laughs> so Carson, what is something that you have learned while you and Ashley have been dating? You guys met in the football office. So you, she kind of knew your lifestyle, but not really. So what is something that you guys learned when you actually started dating? I didn't grow up in the profession like Drew did. So the whole moving thing to me was kind of formed because even growing up, we lived in the same house our entire life. So my parents didn't even move from our childhood home until I was already at college. So the whole moving aspect to me was totally foreign. And so the first real move that I had going from, I don't count going from high school to Oklahoma State. I count from going from Oklahoma State when I went to the University of Kansas. That was the first move, not only for me, but for Ashley as well. So it was kind of something that we learned along the way of, of how to move, what we need, what we don't need, how to pack, when to pack. Packing takes a lot longer than what you give her credit for. <laughs> and even still, we're still figuring things out along the way as we as we learned how to move. I mean, this was our Mississippi state, like we said, is our fourth school in four years. And every time we've moved and packed up and gone somewhere, there's still something new that we learn. And I'm going to stop you though, because I did, I, I have to throw this story out there because when we moved from Oklahoma to Kansas, we had two of everything. And I remember, of course, I have way more stuff than he does. And so coming in and seeing his face after literally have unloaded everything and so overwhelmed by just the amount of stuff. And so just, I think, combining two worlds was just crazy in well, the beginning. It was crazy because I had already moved into the apartment that we moved to, into in Kansas. And then Ashley joined me like a month later or whatever it was. So I had everything already set up, ready to go. It was organized. I knew it was. And bam, here comes Ashley with all her stuff and just overwhelmed the both of us. I think, though, we're jumping ahead. One of the questions, yeah. the question that we need to answer, though, is with the lifestyle, what was something that shocked you about us dating? Was it that it was a lot harder than you anticipated? Or what is something that you got from that? I think it really forced us to enjoy the moments that we got, no matter how long it was going to be, whether it's for an hour or two a week, or whether we got a weekend here or a weekend there, whatever it was, it's really to soak up whatever moments and minutes that you actually may get to really enjoy that quality time together. Yeah, that's good. I do want to ask Drew, when Brittany came and moved in and had all her stuff and, you know, you were living the bachelor pad, what was that like? What did you learn? I learned that I didn't really have I didn't have anything. I didn't have any like worldly possessions. We were the opposite. You guys had two of everything. We he had nothing. So yeah. <laughs> Did you have a cardboard TV uh, TV stand? Oh, yeah. That? His yeah. TV was on a cardboard box. Yeah. His WSU stuff was folded. I mean, at least it was folded, but it was in the dining room. Well, I I lived really minimalist. 
I was a minimalist at that time. But when I got the job at Washington State, Coach Leach called me like, this was like after signing day or something like that. So it was like in February at some point. And he was like, yeah, we, you know, offering you the job. And, you know, if you're, if you take it, you know, we're, we're going to need you up here like in a week. So <laughs> I packed up everything that I had to my name in, in Texas into like the car that I have now. And I drove from Dallas, Texas to Pullman, Washington in three days. And everything I had in that car stayed with me for like the first two years of our relationship. <laughs> and I didn't have any, like I had barely any furniture, ma- mainly the furniture that I was given by some of the coaches on staff there at Washington state that were just like getting rid of it. So I had that for like two years. And then when me and Brittany started dating, I'm surprised she didn't run away at the very beginning just because you know, how weird it probably looked at that time. <laughs> so what was it like when I had, when I brought my pod full of things <laughs> to Pullman, Washington, and we unloaded it, and you were like, oh, wow. Oh, man. You had so much more stuff than I thought you did. And then that I guess that really sunk in, too, that we're like, man, we're really moving in together. Like, this is this is really happening. But that was, a, a like, a pretty cool time in my life in terms of, like, you know, this was far along in our relationship, and we were finally getting to be together after so long of doing long distance, which is obviously is not very fun, so... Yeah. Like Carson was saying, those those times you enjoy together, those are always important, especially yeah. when you're doing stuff like moving, which is terrible. Yeah. Nobody likes to do that. So moving in with a girl, Carson, what was that like? What did you guys learn about each other? Because dating, you know, when you live separately is something different than when you come together and you combine your lives. What's something you guys learned about each other that you didn't know? I learned that I had so many more flaws to me than I ever thought. <laughs> And that was a nice little, uh, a nice little reality check in terms of things that I don't realize that I do. And I had to fix my ways quick or else. No, but it was, uh, it was pretty good. You know, it it really was. I don't remember there being really any horror stories from the first few weeks of us living together. We had spent so much time together before then in college and, and outside of college when Ashley worked in Oklahoma City and we had spent, you know, long weekends together or whatever it may be. So we kind of knew how to live together, how to operate together, but not anywhere on a daily basis. So I learned to pick up after myself a little bit more and whatever piles that I may have created no longer (laughs) exist. I will say that it's crazy because in the beginning, we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into. Like this was my first season of being like in a full like football world because other than that I had just worked like during football season so I didn't really understand what that meant and so basically like picking up laundry for two people then or doing the dishes and then you know you learn really quick that if you want things to be clean or things done a certain way you're gonna have to step up and do that during the football season um I will say that some of the pet peeves I don't know if you call them that but (laughs) He has done so much better, and I'm sure that I have a bunch, too, that I'll let him talk about, but one of mine was ripping tags off things. So, like, say you get a new shirt, he would rip the tag off and put it on the counter. It would be right next to the trash can, and so I would come out, and I'm terrible of doing these, like, passive (laughs) rhetorical questions, and I'd be like, um, do we need this or or do we need to throw it away? That's or... not what you said. That's not how this went. That's not how this went. 
Okay, I'd put something down and the question was, and I still get it today. The question is, are you done with that? Yeah. No, I'm not done with the tag that I just ripped off my shirt. I, I'm still going to use it for fire later. Like, what do, what do you want me to say to that? How am I supposed to respond? He got a lot better at that. That was one. And then um, piles of clothes. So like if he was working out and then came to change, there would be like a trail of like clothes to the door and I ended up picking up. So finally I'd be like, we're going to keep it in one pile. But what was one pet peeve that you have of me? I'm very interested to hear what he says. I'm not answering this. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going into the doghouse. No, I think I know one thing that <laughs> bothers him <laughs> is oh when he's cleaning and cooking. I I don't like cooking. Obviously, Brittany and I both are on the same page with cooking. But when Carson cooks, I clean up behind him. So if he's using like a spoon and he puts the spoon down, like I'll whisk in and then like put it in the washer. And then half the time he needs those things still. So he'll be cooking and then a spoon goes missing or a seasoning or whatever. Cause I'm like this fairy following him, cleaning things up behind him. So I have to stay out of the kitchen. Well, that's, that's, I guess a pet peeve. I don't know. Or, or we're on a topic. Let's just get it all out there. <laughs> another, another one would be if I'm trying to have a thought or, or we're having a conversation and then you fire off about four different questions about four different topics within that conversation. Yeah. I can't, I'm not, I'm not smart as you. I can't keep up that fast. <laughs> like I only can handle one thing at, at a time. Yeah. So those are just a couple, but Drew, okay, let's throw you into the doghouse. Let's start some pet peeves, start listing them. Oh man. I got like a, a ton of them. I can, I can listen. Hey, right, back, right back at you. Yeah, I can do, I can do this all day. No, I, I tell you this all the time. The, the most annoying thing that you do is during movies and like shows i hate this i, I hate this so much <laughs> we'll be watching a, a a show and it's not that she's not paying attention that's not her fault like she pays attention and understand what's going on but like in her head everyone's asking the same question i was like all right you know she's walking down the hall like where's that guy that was chasing her or whatever and then she's like well what's gonna happen next <laughs> And I'm like, babe, I don't, I don't know. I'm watching it like you are. I've never seen this, you know? And he goes, well, well, where is the guy? I'm like, babe, I don't, I don't know. You know, he's. I like to have dialogue with you. I know, but I you feel like, like we're into it together. Like, oh, what do you think is going to happen? Well, we are. But if you have those questions, let's just pause it and talk it out and then watch it. I'm trying to focus like you are. And then we'll, we'll just go from there. We'll figure it out or we'll see it in the next. And that, but in that, how it always happens too, right? Like she'll ask the question and then like it gets answered five seconds later. So if she would have not have asked that question, it would have just happened and she would have been fine and it wouldn't have had to come up. But I just like to keep TV shows and movies more entertaining, more, more like a dialogue. <laughs> All right. <laughs> more like a conversation. <laughs> well, I have a lot of pet peeves of you. All right, let's do it. A lot of things that you do around the house because you're never home. When you are home, I have like a certain routine and things go certain places. And this year it was a little bit better because you were able to kind of see where things go, but you still will put things in the wrong place. We picked the place together. Like we were like, okay, where do we want our cups to go? Put the cups in the wrong spot. Now sometimes I pick better places. No. Or I like <laughs> but it. then you'll be like, where's the crockpot lid? And I'm like, what do you mean? You're the one that put it back in the wrong spot. So... Keeps things fun around the yeah, house. Yeah, it does. Now that's the bad things. You aired out your our dirty laundry. Right. So what's something that you appreciate that I do for you during football season? So many things. So many things. 
this one for sure I appreciate the most. I mean, I'm sure the women that you've talked to on this, they, they can appreciate this, but like for better or for worse, these coaches like during the season or so, you know, you have long hours and there's some stressful moments and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't want to speak for all of them, but I'm sure most of them come home and all they do is just want to just hang out and not think about their sport or think about, you know, work or whatever, even though I'm sure it comes up in their minds while they're just hanging out at the house. But like, keeping me on task. I've always appreciated that because I think, I think I do slip into a little bit of like, not a rut, but like when I come home, it's like my free time to just kind of like veg out and, you know, don't get some of the stuff that I need to get done. So keeping me on a schedule and keeping it, you know, locked down tight. We run a tight ship around here. That's for sure. <laughs> tight ship. I'm in charge here. And you keep me grounded too. Thank I like you. that. Thank you. Carson, you ready to get out of the doghouse? What you got? Yeah, just just like Drew said, there's so many things that, especially during the season, that make our lives easier, whether we realize it or not. And it's just so many things to be grateful for. Uh, one thing Ashley does an unbelievable job of, just like Drew said, is that whenever we come home, how whatever time it is a day, and you just want to chill out, you want to veg out, whatever it is, Ashley does an unbelievable job of making that happen, so that I can relax, can unwind, whether that be you know making sure the house is clean, it's a comfortable environment to come home to, laundry's done, just certain things that you don't want to have to think about or realize that, you know, at some point in our life we've had to worry about because we don't have the significant other that we have right now. And Ashley does an unbelievable job with that, an unbelievable job of, uh, I, there's, I, I could go on and on. I mean, during the season, she's making sweets, not only for myself, but uh, for players and coaches and whoever else gets to enjoy those cookies. It's a small gesture that may sound meaningless, but it's something that obviously I know that's a big part of her week or whatever she's doing that takes a lot of hours because it's not like she's just making 12 cookies for however many dudes. No, she's making 200 cookies or whatever it is. And it's, 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 it takes a lot of time. It's a lot of effort, but it's something that obviously means a lot. Basically Betty Crocker is what he's saying. Absolutely. <laughs> Drew, Drew gets to enjoy those cookies. No, I do. I love those cookies. I throw down on those cookies. So keep that, keep that up. Keep that a part of your relationship. I'm working on it. I will say that it's interesting. Brittany and I talk about this a lot is when you first start out in this industry, like as the significant other during the season, you don't come into the relationship thinking that that is what you're going to have to do. And it's one of those things that even though it becomes kind of your role, whether you're cleaning or, you know, putting up laundry or things that you're like, you know, these are chores. It's almost become this unsaid responsibility that if you want to spend time and use your time for those things, you automatically take on that role. And so Brittany and I obviously have adapted to that, but someone that's new coming in being like, what the heck is happening? I have to do all these random things that I never thought I'd be doing for my significant other. I think that it's one of those things where it's like a mindset and like a perspective change where you're like, okay, if we're going to spend time together, then this is the things that I want to do to like block out that time. So we're going to end it with one more question, Carson. Mm -hmm. So I know we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but I feel like one thing that's like not said enough is that your significant other can impact your career, maybe not in a way of like getting different jobs, but as much as like success. So just kind of touch base on how has having a relationship, you know, helped you stay motivated or helped with your career wise. There's been so many things that, that you've done, not only that's impacted my career, but obviously impacted my life, obviously, because we're married, but there's just so many things that you, 
you show up to as you know my partner my my team almost and I know that's kind of cliche because you know I'm a coach and everyone you have your team at the office and your team at home I mean no but it is what it is it's it's the honest truth it's that we're a team no matter where we go we make decisions together whether they're decisions for job related whether they're not job related whatever it may be you know you come to certain events where I need you at in terms of recruiting events We've we've had visits and, and we've had prospects on visits where you come to the dinners and you've done just an absolute phenomenal job of relating to the women in ways that obviously us men can't. So there's there's definitely a plus right there. You know, there's just so many other things that you know you can really get into and and maybe things that we haven't experienced yet because we or are obviously not only young in the career, young in the profession, but we don't have kids either that are definitely going to learn and grow and how that that's going to impact the career. Yeah, and I do want to touch base before I throw it on over to Drew is when like your significant other does come home, you are their sounding board. So it is an interesting role that you take with your significant other when they come off work and they're coming home and they're venting. And then you're also hanging around all these people. It's just, I mean, it's two different roles that you have to play. And so I think that that's very important to touch on. But Drew, I'm going to throw it over to you to kind of wrap us up. And what would you say to that question about the impacted career? I think all those things that Carson touched on is hit it right on the nose. But I think for me that the main thing that kept popping up in my mind was like we spent a good portion of our relationship long distance. So I would probably stay way later at the office than I normally would just because I didn't have anything to come home to. So I was I was a lot more selfish with my time. And it was basically just me living by myself and, and just kind of taking care of what I needed to take care of at home and, and at the office. But when we started living together when you moved up to Pullman there was not having to like live on my own and fend for myself and all that stuff and she took care of so many things for me that I just didn't I didn't realize that I needed and and she did that without even like me asking for it which I always thought was really I don't tell her that enough but I always really I'm really appreciative of that and you know she takes takes care of our lives takes care of my life you know I there's things I forget about in my own life that she remembers and and helps me on a daily basis but takes care of our house and all the things we need to get done around here and, and then in our lives too. And so I always found that to be really uh, something that I didn't know I needed at the time, which was, you know, I needed to be in this relationship to make me a better person. So appreciate you. Ronnie for points, that. Ronnie points. He's trying yeah, to, he's trying to get out of the doghouse from his pet peeves, <laughs> but just to, just to also touch on that. I think for people that are in a long distance relationship that are listening, it's hard. I think almost harder, especially when they're a coach or an athlete, than a normal person in a long distance relationship because you can't just go out there whenever you want to. You have to work it around their schedule and then they have to work it around their schedule and they are there longer hours. So I think that anyone that's in a long distance relationship and they're wondering what they're doing and why they're doing it, like it's worth it when you get to finally be in the same space for a little bit. So I think that's definitely what helped us and what helped our relationship. But thank you guys. We appreciate you guys coming on. Thanks for having that us. That was outstanding. We, I am so honored to be a guest. Yeah. And we'll have to have y'all on again. And to all of y'all that are listening out there, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this interview on More Than a Season podcast. 
Be sure to follow us on Instagram at more than a season underscore women's guide for the latest updates. You can also follow our personal Instagram accounts at Ashley M. Kramer and Britt Labby. We would love it if you would download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. Thank you so much. See you next time.